ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Um, collect them all, like a Pokemon game, you know? We're just trying to get everybody included with this April 8th show. Today's guest, uh, I first, I think I first met him or saw him perform around 2004, 2005 at the Grape Room. They got one of the best band names out there. I mean, when it comes to it, I mean, it just tells you what the band's all about, right? And the first time I saw him, the first thing I noticed was that the lead singer knows how to be a lead singer. He knows how to command the stage. He knows how to basically get everybody involved. Sometimes you have the bubble and people don't want to fill in. I remember specifically that night you got them all to come to the front of the stage. I was like, that's the way it's done. Yeah. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear in the background my son, Tyler, he's a honorary co-host today. <laughs> we couldn't find a sitter for him, but he does have some questions. Um... With that being said, I'd like to welcome to the Bobcast of Pawn Shop Roses, the lead singer, Mr. Paul Keen. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks good, for having man. me over. I'm good. Um, first off, excited about the show coming up on April 8th. We got Ike, we got Jealous Care of Pawn Shop Roses, Killer Bill for a good cause. Yeah. But we're going to go way back. We're going to use the flux capacitor and we're going to travel, <laughs> I guess, back to 2004. Okay. Is this, the, this is around the time when the band's like first starting, right? Um. So well, like, it's a long story. We started... Uh, in kind of 2000, I guess, mm -hmm. and we were called Kush. That's, okay, yeah. Um, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I I was dating a girl at Westchester University, and she was in the music program, mm -hmm. and she was kind of like, oh, I have some guys that, you know, might want to, might need a lead singer, and mm -hmm. so I met up with them, and then we started the band there, played a lot in Westchester. Uh, I'm from Kennett Square originally, mm -hmm. so, you know, it's close to Westchester. Played in, like, uh, Hocus and Delaware a lot and mm -hmm. all these random places around there. But eventually moved to Maniunk and then got with some other guys. Uh, some of the guys in Kush left. Mm -hmm. Some stayed. What was the, the like, the style of Kush? Was it very similar to Punch-Out? Yeah, it was very similar, yeah. I think I the, what, the guy, the the guy uh, seen, like, Chad Miller, he was really into Zeppelin and STP, I remember at the time. Oh, that's cool. And they wanted a singer that kind of had, like, a higher range, mm -hmm. could do a lot of, like, sort of, um, you know, Robert Plant, Chris Robinson-type mm -hmm. vocals. Um, I so, think that so, was a, around the time when uh, the Black Crows were playing with Jimmy yes. Page and stuff like that. I remember that. 2003 or four, I think it was. But yeah. let's go even further back. So, like, before you started Kush, before you started Pawn Shop Roses, take me back to, like, what's the moment where, like... Young Paul realizes, I want to be a singer. Who were you influenced by? What were your posters oh, on the man. wall? You know what um, I mean? Like, what tapes did you buy? Because we love tapes. Start, I, I started singing ever since I could remember. Cool. Uh, it's one of those things where you're just, like, around the house. Like, my mom has tapes of me singing mm -hmm. Jingle Bells and, uh, mm -hmm. like, Rock and Robin. I was trying Robin, to... great song. Probably <laughs> trying to sound like, uh, you know, like the Michael Jackson, uh, Jackson 5 version of Rock yes. and Robin. I was probably trying to sound like mm -hmm. that. There was also a commercial back in the day. Was the remember the jeweler like in Philly? There was a guy. Oh yeah, Robin's, Robin's rocks. Now it's like Robin's rocks. It was a song though, right? Rock and Robin's rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your mom's recording you, like Michael Jackson, like yeah, into that, and then, um, so I grew up in like Kennett Square, but sort of like near two farms. Cool. He's good. Next to two farms, like um two horse farms so it wasn't really a town it was kind of like out in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. considered Kennett Square and um we didn't have cable until I was like 
17 because we didn't get it out there until mm-hmm. we got like a dish. You know, that's kind of like when um, those mini dishes came out, like Direct yeah, TV and what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got MTV. Uh, started watching videos with more like guitar-based bands mm-hmm. like Oasis, Foo Fighters, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's kind of what I, I wanted to start to... I wanted to pick up my mom's guitar. She had a guitar sitting there that mm-hmm. she never played. It's an old K. Um, picked it up. Learned a bunch of Oasis songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got into guitar rock after did, that. So, so Oasis, like, uh, fast forward. Did you see the new documentary? Superstar? I did. I saw I that in the theater. Seen, you saw it in the theater? Yeah, it was, was like it? one night only at the uh, Ritz. Was it good? Downtown. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I want to see Do you have Amazon Prime? No, I don't. I don't. It's on, I, it's I can on Prime. find it, though. Like, yeah, you probably find it somewhere. Is it really good? Oh, it's it was great. In the it, theater, it, like, it was... It's like comedy because you know those guys, yeah. the Gallagher brothers. They're, they're just pretty like much hilarious. Yeah, just, yeah hilarious. All and the they're time. still. I follow them. I follow them both on Twitter, and it's amazing like how they still continue to just really yep. want to dig into each other. Yeah, Liam calls a uh, Noel Potato. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, like what? He's like, like Potato. I just can't understand. <laughs> like, I mean, like everyone wants to see them get back together. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone wants to see that. You put out a film. You know that you're putting out a film. In the back of your mind, you're also thinking. Is the public still? Is there still like a peaked interest in this? They know that mm-hmm. people want to see Oasis. I mean, like they could headline any festival. They could oh, yeah. basically do all Glastonbury by themselves. Oh, of course. So hopefully one day we'll see that. So yeah, Noel's got a good, some good solo albums. Yes, though. he does. He does. He does have some good ones. But you know, it's like kind of like you know, George has great solo albums. Right. right you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's the same thing. You agree, Tyler? Thank you. Um, <laughs> so with the MTV coming about, like Oasis, Foo Fighters. Um, like you're watching all these videos and like you know you're getting inspired by them. Some of the early, I, definitely for the early day videos of Foo Fighters are really well done. Oh yeah, you know they're, I love those. They're almost like little mini movies, you know. But um, I yeah, miss like that, a you know? big, like big me and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they had like uh, I think it was like around the color and the shape when I got into guitar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their second rock. album, right? That's their second so, album, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a uh, Monkey Wrench. I remember, yeah. I love that video. Such a great and, video. And I miss Hero. Videos. Yeah, Hero is mean, a really funny one. Yeah, such a great one. I saw them last summer. Um, longest concert I've ever been to. It was like three, oh, really? Three and a half hours, I think it was. Oh, wow. Like, and he was on a crutch. Or in oh, that chair, yeah. You know? So, um, what's your first concert? Who do you remember seeing? First concert? I went with a, a friend of mine. Uh, she was a girl. She was into um, Alanis Morissette. Wow. So I went to see Alanis Morissette. That was my first show. Was Taylor Hawkins the drummer? Taylor Hawkins was a drummer. Holy shit! Which was interesting. Um, and that was, was before it, where, he was in. That? that was before he was in the Foo Fighters. Yes, like well before, maybe three years or something. Um, that was at, I guess it would be like Wells Fargo Center now. Wow. Maybe it was Wachovia at Wachovia, the time. Wachovia yeah. Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guess who opened up? Who? Radiohead. Oh man! And it was like Ben's era Radiohead. For Atlantis? Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. Pablo Honey didn't put them to the point where they could be like, uh, I guess not, right? They were. I don't know. They had that hit. They had huge. Creep. And then, I don't know. They were still opening up. So what was I, I think what ha- mm-hmm. with Radiohead, what happened was when they put out OK Computer, I think that's when mm-hmm. they kind of like that's when they blew they up. Mm-hmm. But the Benz, they had some videos mm-hmm. on MTV. Yes, they did. At the time. Because that's how I kind of would gauge everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like videos. Obviously, now MTV is completely I different. I know. And it's a shame, though, because it's like, I think even the last podcast we were talking about this is like, 
When Prince passed away, MTV played videos again for a little bit. Yeah. And I miss videos. I Look, know, I miss I the commercialism. They... Like I miss the art form of it. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah. Um, you now guys, you, have, just, now you, have you guys just filmed the video recently. We'll talk about we that. We did, in a bit, yeah. But so wait, so Alanis in concert with Taylor Hawkins. As I remember true. the first time I saw it, it was at a. I saw Alanis. I think it was the MTV Music Awards. Bud, thank you. Thank He's you. He's got bud. some questions for me. He does. <laughs> you want to know about Alanis? But I remember saying to myself, like, wow, Taylor Hawkins is amazing on the drums. This dude hits so hard. Oh, yeah. Then he got the gig later because Foo Fighters' original drummer wasn't him. It was some other dude, right? Yeah, some other guy. I forgot about and that. And Dave Grohl yeah. would always record the drums mm-hmm. on the albums, too. So, um, first concert. Wow, that's awesome. My lo- my wife loves Alanis. I mean, she still has the CD in the car. But um, So, from then, like, when is the transition from when... You're watching the live music to when you just, you decide, I want to perform in front of people. Or was this um, before, like when you were a kid? I don't know. I, I think when I was a kid, I probably wasn't thinking about performing mm-hmm. in front of audiences or even doing it for not necessarily a living, but doing mm-hmm. it like every weekend or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I guess I, I bought a guitar, an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. For like 150 bucks. Which one did you get? It was a Fender Squire Bullet. Nice. I remember them. Real tiny yeah. guitar. Yeah. Um, and I would play play Oasis songs, play Radiohead songs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, got together with some guys at high, in high school and just started jamming in the basement. Mm-hmm. And uh, we formed a band called Joe's New Socks. That's great. I love that name. <laughs> Joe's New Socks. Awesome. Uh, again, they were together, and then uh, they needed a singer, and this was before I got with the college band. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always seems like the singer is the last guy to join a band. And it's true. So he's like, yeah. oh, we've been jamming. We, no one sings, though. So. Yeah, we need somebody. Yeah, so I kind of joined that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, jammed with them, and uh, the guitar player Joe booked mm-hmm. some shows in Westchester. A uh, place called Fenario. I don't know if you know Westchester. I, I played at all. Yeah, I played Rex's and The Note. You guys played Yeah, we've Note. played um, Rex's and The Note before, yeah. But I think I recognize that name. And that was your first legit like type? I think Fenario yeah. was the first gig. That's cool. It was like a coffee shop. Um, And yeah, like I said, Joe. Joe Hottinger is actually in Hailstorm now. Oh, okay. okay which yeah. is interesting. That's it. That's... That's an interesting connection right there. Yeah, there's a lot of weird connections with like, people like that I've kind of like... You've brushed up against, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this band uh, takes place, this is, I guess, like the like mid-90s, I'm thinking, like late 90s, right? Right, 96, 97. 97, yep. So from that point on, like, is it the same band? Is it, or are you just moving around doing different things? Like, uh, I pretty much stuck with Joe's New Socks mm-hmm. for two, three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of went to college. I, I didn't go to college. I, mm-hmm. I started working right out of high school. Yep. I started. I worked at a um, uh, ING, doing like um, data entry mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like insurance, whatever. Yeah. Um, they went to college. That's when I met the girlfriend I was with at Westchester University. Mm-hmm. And then that brings us up to Cush, kind of. Cush. Probably Love 99, 2000. Let me ask you a question. Did the logo have, because I always think like visually, was the K like real long? Like was it like this? Like I think we right? did. I think like, it, it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like I remember seeing this I don't even know somewhere. if we had 
Did you have a sticker or I something? Don't even know if we had a couple different stickers, I think, maybe. So this band ultimately becomes Pawn Shop Roses. Pawn Shop Roses, yeah, because we find out there's like 20 bands named Kush. Really? So that always we sucks. Had to yeah, yeah. You, we got the greatest name in the world. I was just reading the, uh, this Nirvana book and like found out a band from Great Britain at the height of their success had been called Nirvana for seven, eight years. Yeah, and, they're like uh, a, a late '60s band. Yes, like, Gold yeah. Mountain Entertainment paid them a hundred and like fifty thousand dollars to, so to, to take the name. Oh wow! And it's like kind of like uh, it's weird if you think about it, like one hundred fifty thousand dollars in '92. What would that be today? But like, it's weird how like Still somebody not a lot, has a good, really not really not for like you know your your heart and soul like you're putting into the band. Right. So, Plus, um, uh, a band as big as. The 90s Nirvana got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They could afford a little bit more. You could have got a million <laughs> easily. Yeah, you know, least. like we yeah. have proof that we've been this band for eight. One million dollars. Exactly. So the name Pawn Shop Roses, I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, and I'll say it again now, it's a great name. And since then, we won't name them. Some okay. people have tried to copy that or alter the name. You know what I mean? Like, and it's yeah, just there's like, been a few, I think. Do you know I what I mean? Like, I don't know if they're copying it. It's not or copying it's or they're, it's good. It's, it's good, they think. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'll take back copy. I'll say they may be heavily influenced by it. Yeah, possibly. Where did the name Pawn Shop Roses come from? Um, I always liked uh, the idea of a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to name it Pawn Shop, just Pawn Shop, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you find out there's like 50 bands named Pawn Shop. Oh, there what? Yeah. How, so back we then, started... How did you figure that? Like, because there was... I mean, the internet at that point was just, like, so, like, you know, minuscule. It was still, like, it was, um, You could still figure it out, like, there's bands out there. In 2000, we could mm-hmm. Google, maybe it was Yahoo. Maybe Yahoo, we yeah. Yahooed it. <laughs> so, how, so you got Pawn Shop, you love the idea of a Pawn Shop, and then the roses. How does that come in? We started putting Pawn Shop with everything. We were, like, Pawn Shop phone, Pawn Shop chair, oh, cool. Pawn Shop. <laughs> and eventually, we were, like, um... Uh, we were having pizza somewhere, and there was, like, plastic flowers on the table, and we were mm-hmm. like, uh, pawn shop flowers. Uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, kind of girly. Mm-hmm. Pawn shop flowers. So we're like, uh, what about pawn shop roses? So, yeah, we kind of, cool. like, sat around on that for a while, and... That's great. And decided, yeah, it sounds good. That's, yeah, I, I, I love the name. I mean... So, like, as you guys are getting it together around 2004, we're going to say that the album debut of Dead Man's Radio comes out. You want to talk a little bit about the production of that and, like, what it was like during that time period? Sure, yeah. We uh, hooked up with uh, Steve LaFosh, who was in Jealousy Curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a basement studio. Uh, we started recording. If I remember correctly, I haven't had that EP in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how many songs are on that, but I know that it's, Here We Go is on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fading Out mm-hmm. and Goodbye Sarah Kay, maybe. Mm-hmm. Those were the three we recorded in his basement. Wow. So he did that. He did that on the he same much machine that he recorded it. Jealousy Curve on, too, as well. That uh, Yeah, I think so. The, the name of it escapes me, but I know that it, all those albums sound great. I'd like. Is that on the internet yeah. anywhere? Can I find Dead Man's Radio? I don't know. I don't know if I mm-hmm. have it. It's, yeah, it's weird when you have stuff like, I don't know where my first recordings are. I wish I did, yeah. you know, but, uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I had no idea that there was a connection right there, which, you yeah. know, as we get to the April 8th gig towards the end of this podcast, it'd be a full culmination. The yeah, cool I think thing. Some of our, I think some of our first gigs, mm-hmm. we played with Chelsea Curve as a duo. It was Steve him and, and Mike, Mike yeah. on acoustics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we played at a, a place called Dose. It was mm-hmm. over uh, Pizzeria Uno on South Street. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. I think I yeah I think I remember so they that. Dose. I miss those days. <laughs> so uh, 2005, uh, you're starting to get involved with WMMR, Jackson, stuff like that. Sure. I mean, uh, I, I was. I don't know how to say this. I still am a huge Stuntable Pilots fan. I'm a Scott Weiland fan. I love oh, the yeah. band. Me too. Love Velvet Revolver. Oh, so yeah. you guys get the chance to open up for Velvet Revolver. Like, what's this like? What's this? Hoobastank's on the bill. I'll mention yeah. that, but still, Velvet Revolver, you got all these classic musicians, you know? Yeah. And a chance was, to play alongside Scott Weiland. Yeah, well, it was actually more of like a two-stage scenario. Yeah. So there was this uh, stage sort of outside, and then there was the main stage. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like opened up on the outside Still, you're there. Stage. You're there. Yeah. Did you meet him? Did not get to meet any of those guys, no. Yeah, I, well, I opened up for... Uh, Perry Farrell once, and we oh, had to nice. go on, like, really, we went on first, you know, and I kept thinking, like, am I going to meet him, am I going to meet him, like, literally, um, it's five minutes before they're supposed to go on stage, back door opens, they hand him the microphone, he goes right on, it's yeah, that's you know what I mean? it is, but, was, um, he, uh, was that when he was playing with Nick Perry, yes, or was that the satellite party, okay, nice, yeah, and, um, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you're next to him, but what was Velvet Revolver like in concert, I never saw him. Awesome. Yeah, it must have been badass. Yeah, really tight. Uh, Scott's yeah. voice sounded great. Yeah. He wasn't messed up. He wasn't it's a shame. forgetting lyrics. You know? Yeah. Like, such talent, you know? And, like, I mean, yeah, all, I Zelda like, Revolver, Stuntable Pilots. I mean, Stuntable Pilots is probably one of the best live concerts I ever saw. And um, I hope that they don't replace him. You, you saw that, that they wanted to do something, you know? I mean, yeah, I was I rooting for Walt. Walt was, was doing something, right, yeah. you know? But, like, um, I don't know. You remember the band Talk Show? Yeah, remember talk, like show? talk show? Yeah, me yeah. too. Do talk they show again. Change the name, or yeah, sing. Pl- have that guy sing for them. And exactly, do talk and have yeah, some right. sort of you know what I mean, like some sort of like continuity to the the legacy of the band. Sure, but yeah. We could do a whole. Yeah, I love. I've always loved Stone Temple Pilots. Just great songs, you know. I mean, like when you listen to them, like they're they're not really they're just like pieces of art, really. I mean, like yeah. those brothers really know how to like go off each other. Right, they kind of got thrown into the grunge era, but they're they not did. grunge. They weren't know? grunge. No, if that album core would have came out maybe two, three years earlier, they would have been opening up for Guns N' Roses, been there, oh, like yeah. with, you know. But the whole term grunge, in, in in general, though, I mean, it's weird how that is. It's weird how that fashion is actually coming back now. Like oh, you know, yeah, people. You, you everyone's see, wearing flannels. Yeah, flannels are back. <laughs> um, I mean, a Nirvana shirt now will cost you thirty dollars. Sure, you know, yeah, like yeah. at uh, Urban Outfitters, uh, right. you see people. They, some people are wearing the shirt, they don't even know who they are, which is really right. weird. And it makes, I don't know about you, but it makes me feel old. Like sometimes I'm like, what, yeah. dude? Like you know. But um, it's weird how everything has a return. Um, 2006. I remember this very distinctly because I was excited for you guys. There, I mean, first off, the old grape or the new grape—I don't know what you want to call it—but um, the Grape Street. Yeah, the like, Grape Room on Main Street. Yeah, what, about. is that the right name? Because I was. I think it was the Grape Room. Yeah, the Grape Room. Okay, I yeah. love playing that place. You know, what I, mean? oh, yeah. I love Scooter. Great Did stage. the best sound. You know, on the stage. Um, I'm going to say her name was Spenda. She had like a. Like a, almost an MC name. She did the front house. Oh yeah, but I think you're talking about Barb Adams. Yeah, but what, what was Spinderella? Maybe? Spinderella, Something right? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I, she, my she brain cells call, are working. Okay, cool. So, um, so I remember seeing a bunch of shows there. Um, Jackson's WMMR, local shot series, oh, yeah. and stuff like that, and just that good stuff. it was such cool like environment to be around. Like a bunch of musicians were all like you know collectively doing something. During this time, you guys um, enter this contest um, for a, a live video um, for Get So Hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, scooter, not Scooter, who did the sound. Another scooter, scooter guy puts this together. 
this video goes viral and you guys win the contest and yep. then I remember waking up early to watch you guys on Good Morning America. So like, oh, nice. So yeah. like, first off, every I watch Good Morning America all the time uh -huh. and lots of the musicians look so tired. You know what I mean? You gotta be there, what, 4 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning? Oh yeah, it was right? so early. So tell me about, what was Everything it like? Everything that weekend was early. We had to go to like radio stations oh. at like 5 a.m. As a musician, um, you know, it's just not your time. So like, what was it like, like going up through there? Uh, it was cool. We... I think we were on with a bunch of NASCAR guys. Yes, you were. Uh, so and you were outside, if I'm not mistaken, with like buses, right? Like they were, like they had you outside. Like, um, we might have been outside for a little bit, but I yeah. think the actual uh, airing or the actual filming of mm -hmm. us uh, getting the award, we were inside with mm -hmm. um, uh, Sam Champion and uh, Diane Sawyer. Oh, very cool. But uh. Yeah, it was cool. We're like sitting mm -hmm. back there, and there's all these guys in their uh, NASCAR outfits. I'm not yeah. a huge NASCAR yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, but I don't know nothing about it. It was a it was a cool experience. Um, it how, went by so quickly. You kind of just go what on. What was the competition? And then you're again? out. So like, what the, there was a bunch of it. What was the name of the competition? Like, um, the, I think it was. Uh, oh man, what was it? I, I can't mean, remember. I saw. Point. I was watching the video today. And um, I just knew it that you right guys did. It was right when uh, YouTube started to like exactly, get yeah. bigger. Like it was big, but it wasn't as big as it is now. It's huge now. Like a huge, like it's like a Google thing now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. They were looking for videos from bands, and I. I so what were they looking for? Uh, any video really. So we decided to do a live video. That um, I think they were gonna pick like one video. They ended up picking four videos. They picked a live video, a, you know, produced video, like, with a mm -hmm. storyline type thing. Uh, so it was, like, best live, best video, yep. most creative, stuff like that. Now I recall. Yeah. But, yeah, that video was really so we well done. Best live Scooter video. Uh, Lamy is his last Scooter name? Lamy. Lamy, yeah. yeah. Does he still do stuff? Does he still? He's filmed quite a bit of your stuff, right? He does, yeah. He mostly mm -hmm. does stuff uh, commercially. Uh, he works for Eastwood. Okay. It's like a, a tool company, so he does mm -hmm. a lot of videos for that. Good so, commercials, though. He does some good commercials for that. So that that was 2006, which it's, it's so insane to think that that's over 11 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it I seems like that stuff like didn't happen. Then. I try not to think about it. It's really weird, right? Like you know, I'm just like I I tend to like say to my friends like my 20s went by so slow, but my 30s are going by so fast. Oh, yeah. that, like I'm just like what? Like how did? I just think the older you get, I'm a dad. The faster like, things go, just because. There was this theory that, like, when you are 10 years old, 10 years is your whole life. Mm -hmm. So it seems so long. Mm -hmm. When you're 20, 20 years is your whole life. So it seems longer, but it actually seems shorter than when you were, like, from, like, your first thought to when you're 10 years old. That's a good point. So the longer your life, relatively, things go quicker. Yeah. Because years, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. I mean... It's. I mean, like this guy over here, ladies and gentlemen, you can probably hear him in the background. I mean, it's just so weird, you know. I mean, this time, you know, two years ago, I mean, I wasn't even thinking of being a dad. But yeah, I mean, once time he turned two, quick. he turned. He just turned uh, one in January. He's oh, born okay. January twenty uh, first. My wife's the. Excuse me, I always mess this up because it's so weird. But <laughs> he's born January twenty second. My wife's the twenty third. I'm the twenty fourth. My mom's the twenty fifth. Oh, okay. So it's like a marathon birthday splash, but um. Yeah, man. Time. So January's you know? crazy. <laughs> January's crazy month, yeah. 
So you guys played the All Points West Festival, right? Yeah, and if yeah. I'm not mistaken, Radiohead was on that bill, right? Yeah. So so they headlined. What was we that? Played like? at like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably I think there was like three stages. We played like on the second stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was awesome. It was right when it opened, mm-hmm. so people were kind of flooding in, but still, yeah. we probably played in front of 500 people. Mm-hmm. Didn't look like it because where's this located again? It was such a big field. All Points West. Um. Uh, Liberty State Park. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah, so you can see the uh, Statue of Liberty. And so you did get to see Radiohead that night? We did. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Yeah, we got to hang out uh, We got to hang out backstage with the earlier mm-hmm. bands, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. We were on stage for uh, Girl Talk, oh, which, I yeah, he just wanted everyone on stage to dance. So we're backstage, cool. so we kind of did that, which was really cool. That's cool. Um, and then Radiohead played at like 10 o'clock or whatever, and we... Got to check them out on the main stage, cool. which was mm-hmm. really awesome. So um, right around this time, you guys decided to get back into the studio. You recorded Milk Boy, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. you did the Let It Roll album. Yeah, and, pretty um, much mostly at Milk Boy, yeah. yeah. This place was awesome. I recorded oh, Down to Harvest, the second album there. I, I love it. Tim Seinfeld yeah, yeah. did ours, but who recorded yours? Uh, um, Pete Donnelly. Mm-hmm. And, and he worked with Town Hall as well, right? Production. I'm sure he, he's worked yeah, with a lot of people. a lot of people, right? But is that studio still there? I'm not sure. I love um, it. I know, obviously, since then, they've opened up venues. Yeah, downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to the studio in forever, so I'm not yeah. really sure if it's still there or not. So um, this album, we're going to take a listen right now to uh, a track from it. Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Bombcast, this is Life We Lead.
here on the Bobcast. Um, after you guys uh, do Let It Roll, you also recorded two other albums after that. You did Versions and Solid Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Versions real quick. Where was that recorded at? Um, it was at Quarry, mm-hmm. most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it at Sun Studio Wow, in Memphis. We talk about a, that. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, we had a, um, a label at the time called Evolution Records yeah. with uh, Jeff Davidson. And he found out that Sun Studio is like 60 bucks an hour for recording. Wow. Which is basically the same as any other place. That's it? Yeah, this was before, um, maybe right around the time that the uh, that Johnny Cash movie came out. Yes. And then people that started getting more into So you got Sun in there Studio for $60 an hour. 60 bucks an hour. Wow. What was the control, control room like? It was, uh, it was digital. Was it digital? Yeah. Wow. Since then, mm-hmm. Jeff has kind of like worked with some people, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of tape in there now. They have a, a, a tape machine mm-hmm. and you guys documented some more vintage this, right? gear. Didn't you document this? I remember bit, this yeah. now on MySpace. There's a video. This is the MySpace era we're in right it now. It is MySpace yes, era, okay. yeah. Got it, got it. I remember seeing, and by the way, since we're on a tangent real quick, the one thing I liked about MySpace that, okay, with MySpace, if you, if you had something, like you have like a short clip of, you know, you guys recording, you put it mm-hmm. out, everyone sees it. Right, yeah. Now, because of Facebook and sponsored ads and all that stuff, you put it out. Right, and, and like, may have a handful like of people. Like algorithms? Yes. The algorithm is destroying what, an artist's dream. seeing what they want you to see, not... Exactly. And it's frightening because it's like, you know, I'm What's watching that? what they want, but at the same time, I miss MySpace. There was the bulletins. Everyone right, saw your yeah. bulletins. Everyone saw your posts. It was a much more happier place for musicians. Yeah, I think so, too. Spoke my mind. <laughs> I know, I totally so, agree. So, I mean, you guys were down there. That must have been an exciting experience. That was great. Yeah. We, uh, we had the tour, which mm-hmm. anyone can do. You know, they show you where Johnny Cash stood. They show you... Um, Very cool. You know, the piano that Elvis played and um, how they recorded a certain... Uh, let's see, on... They recorded straight to like, AC8 there, right? Like, they were just... Yeah, yeah. There's That's like a awesome. couple mics, maybe maybe one mic, like the ribbon mics they use back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like you would just go in the room and it would be one mic picking up everything, really. Yeah. Guitar, like this one, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. With their Blue Yeti microphones. Right. Um, <laughs> Except they didn't have sponsor the- me, Blue Yeti, please Con- contact me. Khill.bob at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. But um. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I, I, I remember that on MySpace. I remember seeing those, like those posts and those videos, and just being like, "Oh, that's cool. It's, it's kind of fun." Yeah, to visit and, that. and Sun is just one room. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's like Studio A, Studio B. Mm-hmm. It's just one giant room, and then there's like the small control room. Wow. And like I said at the time, they had a computer in there, which we thought was weird. That is weird. You think that they would have like you know like the yeah the the tape the machine. tape machines you know so um so after versions you guys do solid gold where was that at. That was at uh, Range Recording in Ardmore. Oh, I think, yeah, I think I recall that. And we pretty much uh, uh, self-produced that ourselves. Did it yourself, so? Yeah. So um, from uh, from there, kind of brings us up to the present day. Um, I know you, you guys, like, um, Zill and a couple other members, like, you guys also start doing, like, uh, Dead Flowers, doing cover, yeah. cover stuff at the Bridgeport Rib House. First off, let me just say the Bridgeport Rib House. Does this place ever close down? It looks seven days a week. It just seems <laughs> like it's the biggest part. Music every you, single You're day. friends with uh, uh, my friend Dave. You know David, Big Dave. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Big like Dave, yeah. he's always posting videos. I'm just like this place. It's yeah. Sunday night, and he's and like there every night too. Is completely like... lit. Like everyone's yeah. having a great time. I wish there was more places like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Me for too, for bands to play, but I mean, uh, my old band Downtown Arbor, we played there a handful of times. Oh, okay. And I just love the fact that it's just you know. 
it's it's oriented towards live music. You know what I mean? Totally, and I think yeah. that's really important for um, for anybody, really. Yeah, you know, and they treat like, the musicians really well, so they always get. Mm-hmm. You know, they get uh, people from uh, Get the Let Out who play mm-hmm. uh, amphitheaters. You know what I mean? I just saw. But they'll uh, have them play there, right? at Rip House because, like, they treat they treat all the good. musicians so great. Mm-hmm. That's important, you know. I mean, I've said it here on the Bobcast before. I say it again. You know, just because we're a musician, you know, I, I would equivalent myself to somebody who is the jester performing for the king. You know, mm-hmm. you make everyone laugh. You know, it's good times, but, you know, the king takes care of you. He puts sure, you up yeah. in the castle, you know, he feeds you. He may send a fair maiden in or a fair right, man. Yeah. Who cares, you know? <laughs> but, um... Yeah, the, the jester deserves respect, too. Exactly. The musicians deserve respect. It's, it's it's hard to be somebody who's creative and, you know, you go into a place and they, they don't even, like, you know, offer you, like, hey, here's a glass of, you know, water or something like that. Right. Um, the thing I'm most excited about, though, is the fact that Everyone's getting back together. Um, I, the last, the very last Bobcast, I forgot to mention, the Jealousy Curve got back, I believe, in 2013. I think they might have opened for, um, was it Silver Tide at the TLA? Maybe? Uh, possibly. Fosh told me, but um, present day, I mean, God bless you, buddy. <laughs> you all right? You okay? Bless you. Thank you for being patient with Daddy. Daddy loves you. So, um, Jimmy DeFilippo um, passed away. Big fan of uh, Jealousy Curve. And everyone decided to get together and put on a show in his honor, his mm-hmm. memory. Um, since the last Bobcast, I've spoken to uh, um, some of his relatives, um, you know, who are very excited about this because it's what Jimmy would like. Um, how did you get approached to do the show? Uh, let's see. It was uh, Steve LaFascia from Jealousy Curve sent mm-hmm. me a message on Facebook and said, Hey, we're uh, thinking about doing the show at the TLA. Um don't say anything yet, yeah. but uh, it looks like it's going to be Ike, Jealousy Curve, and we'd love to have you guys open. So I was like, hell yeah. That's cool. I was all about it. Um, it's you like get 2004 yeah. over, all over again. But if, that's what the, it's what people need, really, because, you know, I, I just feel as if, like, all the musicians that we knew, we grew up with, you know, in the thousands and we played mm-hmm. with, you know, like... We deserve a large stage, you know, like we, oh, yeah. you deserve to be played as many people as you possibly can with Pawn Shop Roses. And for all the people who never got a chance, now is an excellent opportunity. You want to come to Daddy real quick? Here, I'll come get you. Come on. <laughs> but um, you can get tickets online right now, right? Yeah. Um, you can go to Jealousy Curve's website. Uh, with You don't have to use uh, pay a fee if you go to Jealousy Curve's website. Excellent. There's no ticket fees. Um, also, I had 50 tickets, but now I only have, like, three left. Oh, cool. So I'm going to have to re-up That's cool. some tickets from John, um, Faye, from Mike. Any, uh, any, like, can you give me any information about the set that Pawn Shop's going to do? Is it going to be a collection of, like, classics from everything, or? Well, um, we're going to play a lot of old stuff mm-hmm. that Rich Fogg played on. He's the guy that's in the video, the YouTube video mm-hmm. that won. Um. The lead guitarist, right? Now the drummer, drummer. Uh, Rich Fall, because Zill's on tour with Rusty Root now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're like, "Hey, Rich, what are you doing?" <laughs> That's cool, though. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of, let it roll stuff. Cool. Uh, a lot of stuff that we wrote in between "Let It Roll" and mm-hmm. versions. Gonna do some of that stuff. A couple newer ones. Looking forward to it. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, get tickets right now. I'll put a link down below. Yeah, you also too. It's you perform bucks. quite a bit uh, solo, right? Like you I do, do yeah. uh, Manny Young Brewing Company. I saw in different places around. Yeah, that town. was the first time I did that one. Mm-hmm. Where do you, where do you usually... like to play the most? Like, what's your spot? Um. Well, I've had a lot of residencies over the years. I played at uh, Castle Rocks for years mm-hmm. in Manny Young. I've played at 
uh, Bagataway in mm-hmm. Conshohocken for a long time. It used to be called Bill Cunningham's Court back in it the was, day. It was, yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. I remember like the little basketball court. I was like, my dad, yeah. my dad, would be like, he's a famous guy. He lives <laughs> over in country. But yeah, that's a cool spot. That's yeah, definitely and then a cool I spot. Uh, moved on to Rogues Gallery Bar. Yeah, where's that in SFL, Philly? Right? Mm-hmm. It's like twenty first in Ludlow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a residency right now, but I'm, you know, I'm still playing a lot. Still playing, and you're playing the TLA. You know, yeah, I mean, coming up awesome. big, big show. Um, thanks for coming here um, sure, yeah. to do this podcast, uh, Tyler Glad and I. Tyler, here. you appreciate Paul coming over, huh? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he just uh, said yes in his own way. He doesn't really verbalize his thoughts. He's smiling yet. though. He's a smiler. You know, he's a musician. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. He's gonna play some drums. He's gonna be a drummer. Who knows what he's gonna do? I mean, I hope he's a drummer. I hope he's he just does something. Yeah. But he does like music, and uh, he he rather listen to music than like cartoons. Really, like he loves oh, Queen. Really? Like when we started playing, like when he was like three, four months old, I put on Queen, and like he just oh, really? stopped everything and looked at the TV. And Freddie Mercury, uh, like you know, was yeah, Queen's video- so, Queen so theatrical. So it's theatrical. Like- so I'm theatrical, sure it, but like that that decimal of his voice, keep you know, the attention of like anyone, oh, yeah. anybody. It's also my grandmother's favorite like band. She's ninety five, so I mean, like you know, both ends of the spectrum. Oh wow, really? Yeah, she loves Freddie Mercury. She's like he. She's ninety five. Yeah. Wow. Really shakes his ass. So she was born like she was thirties. Yeah, uh, before then, she 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 saw 20? you know she tells me all about all sorts of different things. The most recent things since we're talking about venues and we're talking about um, you know just music in general and the arts she told me about this really cool place and ladies and gentlemen you can check it out on google it was called the earl theater and it's spelled mm-hmm. e-a-r-l-e theater and it was in philly i'm going to say 13th and market and what it was was you would go there and you would watch a movie you know and then mm-hmm. after the movie the screen would rise and the band would be behind the screen oh, wow. then they have dinner and it'd be like a whole night of entertainment and then eventually the place cool. closed yeah, down. What kind of music was it at the time? I wonder. Uh, you know, maybe like the. I always think of when she told me the story. I was thinking of like the Aviator. You know, the scene where like, like it, big band, yeah, and stuff, and like they're singing real dramatically, yeah. eating <laughs> peas and steak. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just it made me think like you know like it's shame that like people don't want to experience that anymore. The reason they closed down was because of the invention of the TV and people didn't want to leave uh, yeah. their house no more. It's true. And in today's age where people don't buy music, people don't, you know, necessarily like to listen to satellite radio because they want to hear commercials, you know, and like music is so packaged. It would be nice, you know, if, if people just, you know, sure, got yeah. back to the roots, you know. You can get back to your roots, ladies and gentlemen, this April the 8th. It's coming up at the TLA, the Theater of Living Arts. We got Pawn Shop Roses. We got Ike. We got Jealousy Curve. The big show... Paul, thanks for coming. The big show, yeah. Tyler, thanks for having me. You want to say goodbye? Or you want Daddy to do it? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Popcast. Right, thanks, guys. <laughs>